Jowson, sweetie, please drop that beat to start the show. The Romantic Truth Podcast extends a loving and warm welcome to listeners in celebration of our sixth year of the show. We wish you a promising 2024. Please be advised that due to the language, subject matter, and topics of the show, adults 18 years of age and older are highly recommended for this content. Uninterrupted and commercial-free listening. Now, since all of that is over, I would like to take this opportunity and introduce you to the host of Romantic Truth, Jaosan in Las Vegas. Excuse me, Jason. Jillian would like to ask you a question if it's okay. Yes, Gina? Oh, sure. That'd be okay. You could bring her in and we could uh, go on and answer her question. So, dear, be honest with me. How was I in bed when we dated? I'm asking this question because my current boyfriend says that he has had better. As you know, we are pretty much on the out, says he cheated on me. Jillian. That is a weird question to ask, especially on this forum. But asking you shall receive an answer. Jillian, you had some good pussy. If you're referring to it in that sense. Now, of course, the relationship was very good too. It was wonderful. But sexually, in the bedroom, oh, you were definitely knowing what you were doing, without a doubt. In fact, hell, if I could, never mind. (laughs) But seriously, you definitely knew what you were doing. So I think that what has happened here, being that you guys are on the outs, he's going to criticize you for every little thing. And with that, said and done you're trying both of you are trying at a point now to hurt each other in an indirect way but you want the impact to be direct the one thing that I will tell you is this when a person starts talking about how you are in bed and having you again fostering self-doubt and questioning yourself this is when you know the relationship is about toast. It's about done. My apologies for bringing our business in the past onto the show, but I've always wondered about this because men never talk to women about if they met their expectations in the bedroom. We had a wonderful time together, you and I. However, you did not cheat on me and you always respected me and I look at you as the model of a man that I would love to have in my life even though it's not feasible for us to be together due to our distances. This I accept, friend. Well, I appreciate that, Jillian. So, you heard it here, folks. I've been officially put in the friend zone. But Jillian, if I had a chance, I'd tear your ass up again. No, I'm just kidding. In all seriousness, Jillian, um, you're really a wonderful person. And uh, if it wasn't for the distance, who knows? We probably would have had a family. I'd have been mad because I'd have created something that looked like me and that little bastard would probably have been over the place chewing on rugs and nibbling on the drapes and everything else. But in any case, I'm glad I've met you. I'm glad I know you. I'm glad I have loved you in the past. 
I still love you today. And it's a good thing to have someone as a friend after being so close. Before I met you, I was more tolerated by boyfriends than I was loved by them. You are the first man that ever loved me in a way that I never thought I could be loved. I guess I was appreciated by you and I appreciate you. It's hard for me to ask for anything less of a man than you have provided. And you never have to worry about being put in the friend zone. If you're still single and don't have a girlfriend, I would love to share my heart with you again. You definitely know how to treat a woman. Well, I thank you for that. It means a lot to me. And it's kind of interesting because the way I treated you was the way I was treated by Monica. Because that was the first person that truly loved me and showed me that I could be loved. And what I've done is passed it on to you. And passed it on to every woman that I had dated since her. Because I learned a lot more about myself. I learned a lot more about life. And a couple of other things too. I had to learn also not to hold a person to the same expectations as her, but to take some of the lessons learned from her and apply it, not only to myself, but to others. You know, when I talk about growing in relationships, I grew in that one, and I grew with you. The first time I ate shepherd's pie. Remember that time? It was a fiasco. But at least I tried. Whatever the hell that was with the goat's intestines or what, I wasn't going to fuck with that. That was not me. But, hey. The good thing about it is, even though that was years ago, we still retain the integrity of our friendship. And that's what's important. And that's what's most valuable to me. Oh my goodness. The shepherd's pie incident, totally unforgettable. I can't blame you one bit about the goat. Remember, I told you not to eat it and I'm glad you didn't. Honey, I'm going to let you get back to the show and I just wanted to ask your opinion on that. And I just wanted the audience to know that they're listening to a very wonderful man. Today's topic is politically correct dating. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. And uh, of course, Jillian needed a few words of encouragement there. And uh, the thing is, those words were true from the heart with her. And um, Sometimes we go through those moments where breakups are always difficult and people become very mean and visceral when it happens. And sometimes it fosters self-doubt. 
We're all human, so we're going to have those challenges, trials, and tribulations in our lives. Today, we're talking about politically correct dating. What is that? Politically correct dating means that you're falling within the guidelines of the social structure at the present time. Let's think about it. Years ago, guys would call women gals, and nothing was said about it. And of course, times have changed, people have become more sensitive, and so therefore we have to be a lot more flexible in our interactions now. Years ago, a woman would not tell you that she had relationships with another woman. For instance, these things are now more acceptable. You have people that have different gender classifications. They have different sexual orientations. And so we have to kind of adjust accordingly. Now, this is one of the things that deters some people from dating because it's like they're afraid they may mess up on a pronoun. They're afraid they may mess up on a gender qualification or specification or they may mess up on sexual orientation. Because some of them, I will tell you, you need damn near a dictionary in order to look them up. Somebody says they're non-binary, him, her, whatever. They have all kind of combinations. Most people prefer the traditional designations. Because we have trends that come in through generations and then they go away. Now one of the things that's like a safe zone for some people where they won't be classified as being uh, considered gay or whatever they'll call themselves bisexual. Some people call themselves metrosexual. It all depends. Different classifications, different meanings. But see here's the problem. All of these meanings are based on individual perceptions and individual perceptions change from one person to the next. You may have a bisexual person, well, I'll put it this way, a person who say they're bisexual, but have never had sex with someone of the same sex, but they may carry that designation because they may have desires, tendencies, fantasies to go in that direction even though they haven't gone there yet, so they may classify themselves. You have other people that may call themselves non-binary because they want to be different. And of course, the problem is, is that when you don't have enough of people representing you in one designation or another, you still are classified as minority. And being that that's the case, it's a lot more difficult for people to be recognized based on their designation. Now, some of you have written in because uh, you've been having problems because you have family members that have transitioned over from male to female. Some of you have had co-workers and friends to have done the same. You've been accused of misgendering, that kind of thing. Well, if you've been working with somebody for years, or somebody's been in your family for years and they were male, and now they want to be referred to as a female, it may be rather difficult. And you have some people that are so sensitive that they're constantly reminding you. Once again, please remember, the more sensitive you become, the easier it is for other people with ulterior motives to manipulate you. 
And this is what people fail to realize. In other words, they just want to jump your trigger. Now, political correctness, what is that? It's a form of acceptability of behavior and decorum. You're out there on the dating scene, for instance, those of you who go online, people are referring to people now, instead of saying they're black, they're calling them African-Americans, and blacks are calling people Caucasians or Latinos and Asians. And people are using more of a more defined identity when they refer to someone. So instead of referring to a person as an Asian, they want to find out what culture are they specifically, or heritage they're specifically from. As I told you before, years ago, I dated a lady and she was from Laos. I mean, not Laos, but Vietnam. And at the time, she was kind of curious. She was a darker skinned Asian woman, copper skin color, beautiful woman. And she wanted to find out her history. And she did, and we found out that she was from the Hmong people in Vietnam. Now, for me, if I was just to call her Asian, it'd have been disrespectful in a sense. So she wanted to be, be defined more by her culture. A lot of people are going that, in that direction. One of the problems I had with African-American in general was that it was usually related to people who came from the continent of Africa to America. But then again, what do most people who come from other countries, especially in Africa, call themselves? They'll say they're Nigerian. They'll say they're Ghana, Venetian. They will say that they're South African. They'll say they're Namibian or Zambian. They will have the designation of their particular land because there's a culture associated with it, cuisine associated with it, music associated with it, lifestyle associated with it, instead of it being put all into one category. See, the difference is, in the United States, we have states. And a person may say they're from North Dakota or whatever. And with that, what we usually do, we correlate the environment in which they're in. North Dakota is cold. Not too many people visit there. So it's not like they have a different language. They may have a different accent. But outside of that, it's not a whole different culture. If you're in one African nation and you go to another, totally different culture, totally different set of values, totally different set of standards because these are individual countries that have individual cultures in them. Which is the beauty, because they have more diversity than we do in other places throughout the world. Now, with that said, a lot of people don't like these sensitivities. They like the way things used to be. And they're not gonna change. People in my generation, baby boomers and up, and some Gen Xers, they're not gonna change. That's the way they are. That's the way they're wired. So, what are some of the things that they probably won't try to do? Learn another language. Be more sensitive to other cultures. You're in America now, you need to speak English and drop your native language. That was the thought of Americans for many years. Because the system that we had set up here in America was that 
everything in the world revolved around America. At least that's what we believed. Until we start to realize how interdependent we are with other nations. We talk about a strong military. Not realizing that some of the wiring and microchips in those jets and those tanks and those Navy ships we have come from places like Taiwan, South Korea, China, Japan. So we're more of an integrated global community. Things such as TikTok, social media has helped us bridge the gap that had long been needed to be bridged. People are starting to explore now. More Americans are traveling overseas. So you're gonna have a generation of more culturally diverse people than you ever had in history. And the reason for that is because they're not sitting back home listening to stories from other people. They've grown up now, they've gone past the myths fables, the stereotypes, and the things that used to keep us kind of corralled in one place. Starting to venture out. Now, with this, what some Americans need to learn is when you travel overseas, in particular, you're on their turf and you're under their rule of law. Your rights to free speech and all the rest of that stuff is out the window when you set foot on their territory. You have to abide by the rights and laws that they have there. And some people get that mixed up and think they can do the same thing. You've heard the horror stories from women coming from Dubai talking about how they were yelling and they got locked up. How they couldn't act like they did in the United States. Many countries are like that. Some of them are more stricter than, of course, Dubai. So, these are things that we have to look at. Now, with this, what you also may experience is discrimination in a lot of countries. Racism in a lot of countries. Based on not necessarily your behavior because they don't know you from a cat in a bag, but maybe they had bad experiences with someone who had the same skin color you have, so they make the assumption that you're going to be like the person that they had the bad experience with. Now, with this said, when you're dating someone, please consider if you're going to introduce them to your friends or family. The level of sensitivity that they may have towards your partner. So if your partner is from China, for instance, you might have a relative that may call her a China doll. As Deja was talking about in one of our, um, in the meeting room. And it's offensive. And what we have to do sometimes is make exceptions for people that are older. I remember when I met Jillian's family years ago. 
I was under the impression that they're not going to like me. They're from a place in the UK that there aren't any blacks, any minorities, for the most part. I was absolutely 100% wrong. They were loving, wonderful people. And a lot of that is attributed to the fact that they didn't have previously bad experiences. This is one of the things that actually help people set their preferences when it comes to dating. They may not date certain people because of certain social characteristics associated with maybe an experience they had. Or maybe they're not attracted to a person based on certain physical features. That's a common practice. I'm going to have another podcast about dating preferences later on this year. And we're going to go into far more detail about it in regards to dating preferences and racism. Now, because we don't really think about it offhand, because we have a bias, we usually prefer people that look like us. A little bit more comfortable. We can say things that we couldn't say in the company of others. The N-word, for example, among some African Americans, it's acceptable. To others, it's a boring. Like to me, it's a boring. And the reason why is because of the fact that I grew up in Mississippi during the 1960s, 70s. So it has a deeper impact, especially when you were a child. You'd be called this by people and they would call grown black man boy and these were the very guys when I was on the college campus that would get that draft letter and they'd be hauled off to Vietnam to defend the same country they were just discriminated in some of them would come back missing limbs and angry at the world I still had to come back and face disrespect, not only because they were in the military and fought in Vietnam, but also because they were black. So it could be kind of daunting because see, culturally in America, we still have a problem. It's a racial problem that we have. And you have a group of people in this country that are still trying to bring things back to the 1940s and 50s. And then you have the younger generation trying to go forward, saying, you guys can go back and nostalgia all you want to. We're going forward. So you have that tug of war. Now, it was interesting because a gentleman wrote me from Virginia. He's Caucasian. His girlfriend's Caucasian. But she grew up in the Appalachian mountain region and they went to an event and there were an african-american couple there and he was shocked when his girlfriend called the people colored well in the region in which she lives there are no black people for the most part and so that's how they referred to them. 
and he was trying to kind of tweak her in a way where she wouldn't necessarily say that because he didn't want any kind of altercations, confrontations, or anything like that. And sometimes that could be very difficult. You ladies especially, I'm going to tell you something. If you're out on a date with a man and he's disrespecting other people based on their race, ethnicity, background, those kind of things, you could be the same race he is. Please understand one thing. That disdain and anger can be turned on you. Because he could take the lens of race and quickly exchange it for the lens of gender. You have a lot of people walking around who are angry at the world. And as I told you before, anger is usually self-directed. You wake up late, you're on the freeway, you're mad at the guy because he's taking too long to get off the exit. It's his fault why you're late. It's not your fault for not going to bed on time or waking up on time. Because what we like to do is to transfer that anger it on someone else. Just like we like to do guilt, shame, blame, and all our other sentiments. Because it's a sense of control. And it's also a lack of accountability. As we know, dating etiquette, as men, we're not supposed to talk about sexual with a woman on a date. Can't tell you how many emails I've gotten in regards to that. There was one guy that asked a woman during dinner, was the hair on her head the same color as the hair on her pussy? And he thought that was acceptable and okay. First date, mind you. This man was in his 40s and she was in her 40s. Well, naturally, she damn near choked on her food. Wasn't expecting that. He thought it was perfectly normal because that's the way he had been treating women before. And sometimes you have to check your habits and you're gonna have to modify your behavior and your demeanor when you're on dates, when you're interacting with people that you may be interested in. You know, it's kind of funny how we comport ourselves many times at work, at church, at school. But when it comes to social events, social gatherings, we take that persona that we have at home and we take that out with us. You have a lot of people talk about it, and I use it on this show when I talk about keeping it real. You have some people that want to keep it real. The only time you can really keep it real is when you're being yourself in your own environment. The reason why I say keep it real on this show, it's my show. I have no sponsors. So I can talk about subject matter based on the listings, based on my sentiments. When you have sponsors, you gotta be a little bit more careful. Or as my friends stay carefuler. We're going to talk more in just a moment. 
the big push against political correctness, especially in my generation and the Gen X generation, under me, is that they look at it as if to say they can't call a spade a spade, a thing as it is. For instance, instead of saying someone is handicapped or disabled, they have challenges. Instead of saying someone is blind, well, they're non-sighted. Still the same thing. But you may say that the person's non-sighted, but they'll tell you, I'm legally blind, like I am. And so by saying this, sometimes people feel awkward because they're like, well, where do I go? What, what do I say? And they're caught between, I don't want to offend you, but I want to address it. So how do I? The one thing that I will tell you is this. If you find someone struggling and you're on a date as far as to how to refer to you or whatever, reassure them such as your name, nickname, that kind of thing. Fellas, let me tell you one thing to get out of the habit of doing. And that is calling a shorty, Miss Lady, anything like that, any of the slang name. The reason being, women hear it all the time and you don't differentiate yourself from the crowd. Even though you may look different, but as soon as she hears you open your mouth, she's like, oh, damn. I opened up the package and it's the same old shit. Now, there are women that are out, actually out there rooting for you if they really like you. They're in your corner. They hope you're successful. They want you to impress them. They want you to be successful in being a potential partner. So they might try to help you along the way by correcting you in a political sense. Try to make it a little bit more palatable. But what they're actually doing is, a lot of times they're not trying to re-educate you. What they're trying to do is to see whether or not you will pick up on their hint to correct whatever you're saying. And if you don't, as they see it, you've dropped the ball. There's no need to go further with you. They're done. The uses of four-letter words. I mean the bad ones, not the good ones, not L-O-V-E. Words like F-U-C-K. Minimize those. You'd be surprised the kind of person you will start attracting. I took a lady out one night. I forgot how many times she said, fucking this, fucking that, ass this, shit this. Beautiful woman. But she tried to sound intimidating by cursing. And I asked her, I said, wow. I said, okay, you've expressed yourself in so many ways. We just have a conversation without your cursing. 
my motherfucking right. I do whatever the fuck I want, blah, 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 blah. She didn't speak like that when I first met her. Very quiet and very shy. But what was wrong? There was pent-up anger. Past relationships, pressure at work, you name it. But it had consumed her because she had been by herself so long that it was normal. But we have to comport ourselves for the environment in which we're in. Now, of course, guys have to show out every once in a while in order to be seen. In order to be recognized, in order to be admired. Got to be careful with that. Not all women are impressed by that. Now, another thing that we all have to agree on. Ladies, will you tell these men to quit saying that they're alpha males in front of you? So many of you have written in about this particular complaint about men. Because what it signifies to a woman is that he is insecure in his masculinity and he has to verbalize it. I know what they tell you in the barbershop. It'd be cool. A lot of that shit doesn't work. When I was younger, I tried a lot of that shit in the barbershop. They would tell you, oh, this is how you get a woman. This is what you do. what world you have to listen to the sensitivities of a person now here is the catch with that for you guys if it becomes too difficult to have a conversation with her if she's offended by everything you say and you're not saying anything offensive but she finds a way to turn it around into an argument in the date. Don't bother just in the date. It's not worth your time. They've been in that vacuum too long. Ladies, if he's disrespecting a waitress, disrespecting other women, expecting you to laugh with them, got a decision to make. Everything he's spewing out to others, I want you to think one thing. What if it's turned on me? You're laughing with him now. You may be crying because of him later. observe these things. Dating etiquette is very important. I always tell you guys, never touch a woman, let her touch you first. When she is comfortable with you, she's going to reach out for your hand. She's going to scoot up closer to you. She's going to close that distance between you, the two of you. Let her do that. Because then 
what she's telling you is, I feel comfortable enough with you in order to share space with you. You let her come to you. You don't have to go to her. You're paying for the date. You're putting the two of you in the environment for that to happen. And if she's comfortable with you, she's going to be there. Well, let me show you the pictures of my family. She pulls out her phone and she scoots right under you. And she's getting as close to you and you guys are touching. And she's expecting you to put your arm around her. Or put your arm on the back of the chair or the back of the table. I mean, back of the uh, table. Yeah, right. Back of the uh, booth. Because she wants to be in proximity of you. And let me tell you some of the things that these women are looking for at this time. Even though she's next to you and she's scrolling through her phone, she's also inhaling. Smelling your cologne. Getting a hint of what you smell like. These things carry a lot of weight with women. Why is that? That fragrance may remind her of you. This is when you get the unexpected texts or phone calls later. I was just thinking about you. How you doing today? might have just passed by a co-worker that was wearing the same fragrance. Triggers. Now, the other thing. If her arms crossed and ankles crossed and she's leaning back in the chair and she's looking at you like a specimen, very little you can do to change that. She's pretty much made a decision that I'm not going to share too much with you. I really don't want to get that close to you. I'm comfortable right here. Closed off from you. Another thing. Some of you guys have this bad habit of walking up on a woman and whispering in her ear from behind or from the side. Many times, they're not cool with that. We go from one sensation to another. Concern, fear, down to, oh hi. They don't like that. Because it reminds her of maybe someone is trying to assault her. Awkward conversation, don't know how to start it. Make sure you know her name if you're on a date with her. If it's a situation where it's a chance meeting and you're just meeting her, ask her her name. Introduce yourself. Hi, so and so, my name is so and so. Nice meeting you. Women feel more respected when you say their name. You use their name. 
Because if they see it, you're respecting the people that named me, my parents. You're respecting the people that acknowledge me. Respecting, not respecting. R-E-S-P-E-C-K-I-N-G, respecting. They appreciate that. Because what you're doing is you're conforming to a certain standard that she expects. Now here's another thing too. When she's comfortable with you, she may tell you, oh, don't call me that, call me this. Call her the name that she wants you to call her. Because there's a good possibility she's letting you in a realm of people that she does not let everybody else in. I know for some of you guys it sounds complicated because you listen to a lot of these guys trying to sell testosterone products and shit and they're telling you to go in there and be the man. But you got to remember, when you're dating a woman, she has all the power. You're trying to measure up to her standards because after all, you're the one that's in pursuit. Most women will not let a man know that he's already passed the test with her. She doesn't want him spiking the football in the end zone. In many cases, she wants him to kind of not know where he is at a moment. Usually a woman that's interested in you fellas, she's not going to let that time expire. It's going to be a short window because what she's going to do is unpack some of the things that she likes about you, some of the things she doesn't like about you, some of the things that she'll think she needs to work on with you, some of the things that she thinks that as though she can accept. And that's what she's doing. Now, when it comes down to the second date, A woman that's interested in you will always make plans for the second date in the sense of, well, you know, next time we need to go to and have gelato. That means there'll be a next time that the two of you will be together. Now, if she's not interested, she will say something to the effect of, well, I don't think we're compatible, Lena. I do hope you find someone because you're a really good guy. And fellas, there's no need to react to rejection. Here's why I say this. This has worked for me. I don't know if it'll work for you. I got rejected by a lady one time at a mixer. She says, you're not my type because you're a risk taker. I said, well, yeah, I will relocate for another job. She says, well, I'm over more of a home and hearth type woman. Okay. She said, but I got a friend and she's only in town for a short period of time, for about 90 days or so. Would you mind if I give her your number? No. Give her my number. This woman was fine as hell. Gorgeous woman. Smart, well-rounded, a lot of fun. 
and she had this thing about balloons these um like the balloons that they would make like you know those sausage dogs out of and different things and she invited me over to her apartment one night and the whole place was just filled with those things different animal balloons she said oh i like them i said oh cool i just said i'd like to pop them too and i'm like pop them she said yeah whenever i'm stressed i'll just go and take a pen and pop a balloon Okay. Had to adjust. We had a great time. What I'm getting to, fellas, is this. You may not be the right fit for that lady that you're going after, but there's a good possibility you may be a good fit for someone else. Now, here's the other option that you have. Sometimes a woman may think it'd be too difficult to deal with. She's looking for someone that may not be as handsome as she is beautiful. So what she'll do is I'll hook him up with my other girlfriend. My fortune has been when this has happened to me the woman that I was introduced to was much more attractive than the woman that I was born for. Because see, women do their vetting in a different type of way. And you gotta be mindful of that. Now, another thing too to keep in mind When you're dating a lady, going out for the first date, for instance, you want her as comfortable as possible. The last thing you want her to do is to stress over you. Any issues, any problems you have, don't share them on the first date. I'm talking about with a job or anything like that. Don't bitch about the job. Don't bitch about past relationships. None of that. It's her night. Basically, what you're doing is, when he takes you out, ladies, he's taking you out because it's your night. Like it's your wedding night. Like it's your graduation night. It's about you. About making you comfortable and happy. The last thing fellas that a woman wants is for you to take her out on a date and bitch the whole time you're on the date. And ladies, we don't want the same thing from you either. Because hell, he could have took out one of his friends and, and had the same kind of company. When it comes to drinks, told you ladies time and time again if you gotta go to the bathroom when you come into an establishment go to the bathroom before you order your drinks sit there with your drink and consume it before you leave it 
don't have anyone to watch it. I don't give a damn if she's your best friend and you guys grew up in the same womb. Don't ever. And the only reason why I say that is because your friend could be distracted. The bartender will be busy. Make sure to err on the side of safety. There was a guy I saw get kicked out of a club one time. And what he would do, and this is no joke, he would walk around the bar and he would take drinks out of people's uh, different drinks. He'd take a sip out of their drinks while they're on the dance floor. He got busted. Security caught his ass. Booted him out. Things you gotta watch. Not everybody has home training. I tell you about the lady I took out, and instead of her asking for a steak knife, she picked it up and ripped it like it was a newspaper and thought it was normal. That's the way she was accustomed to eating at home. Did I know this prior? No. Did she behave like this prior? No. But when people are in environments, you never know. They default back to their habits. If they don't know any better, or if they feel as though you and society have to accept me as I am. We comport ourselves. Ladies, how many of you put on lipstick, eyeliner, before you go to the grocery store. Some of you put on makeup because you want to be presentable. Monique has gotten on you sisters about wearing them damn bonnets in public and pajamas. Now, I understand that for some of you, it's an equality statement. Because you go into some of these other areas. Because hell, when I lived in the Inland Empire, there were women coming into Walmart over there in Rancho Cucamonga wearing pajamas, white girls. So I understand that sense of it as far as African American girls doing this. Because they're saying, well, you know, we don't want to be left out weird. We can do just as they do. But you never know. If you're looking for a man, you might not find him with that, especially with a bonnet on your head. I'm just saying, it will help you immensely. Now, another thing. The topic of conversation that you will have with your partner is important. You know I talk about the four question categories? That's a good start and a good icebreaker. You might get off into a subject where it may be inappropriate for the event. And that can escalate things or it could be problematic. 
Let me give you an example of this. I went out with a lady one time, and um, it was kind of funny because we were sitting there, and I had ordered a steak. And when I cut the steak, she said, oh, that looks just like my labia. And she was laughing about it. Now, I didn't take offense, because the steak was good. The way I looked at it, if a pussy's like his labia, it's gonna be eaten. <laughs> but, steak but anyway what happened <laughs> I digress what happened she was making sexual innuendos and I caught on and we started talking and then once I realized she was comfortable talking on that level about sexual things I was cool with it but you will have to learn to adjust the conversation but fellas let her be the one to initiate conversation about sex the reason why this lady initiated it was because she hadn't had sex in four years after her divorce and she was ready with a capital R I was up there screaming like Cat Williams and shit <laughs> grab me by my ankles come on <laughs> I'm like wait a minute shit slide me out the bed. Kind of scared me a little bit. Like my boy was saying one night when he was with a lady. He said that woman wanted dick so bad. He said he saw the white of her eyes and she was cupping her titties and squirting milk out of them. That was some demonic shit. I said, no, nah, I, I couldn't do it. He cracked me up when he was telling me that. But the thing is, this will be a good time on the first date to establish what you guys are looking for. Short term, long term, or whatever. Or to underscore what you guys have already agreed on what you were looking for. They may say something in a text or online or in the messaging app, but then you meet them in person, and then it's a whole different thing. Now, expect the X factor to be dropped when you first meet. They may tell you something that's going to be obvious about them, or something that you will find out shortly if you get involved with them. Usually people will prep you for that prior to meeting them. Disability, for instance. Or it could be a situation where they're going through a divorce or they're going through some kind of financial turmoil or something like that. Whatever it is, you don't want the conversation to center around that particular topic. You have plenty enough time in the future to deal with it. It's good to be familiar with it, but it's not good to consume your time together on it. It's something that you guys can work on as you get to know each other a little bit better. But thank them for sharing that with you. 
Because see, even if you have to make a decision on whether or not you're going to date this person on a regular basis, that's more information than you had before you sat down with them. And that will help you in many ways. And it could be something that, you know, you could say, well, you know, I could accept that. I'm not worried about that. And you can move on with them. We'll talk more in just a moment. Now, political correct dating, being politically correct when you're dating, is not a weakness. And I know people try to make it seem as such, but it centers more around etiquette, around information, around knowledge. If someone tells you they have a different ethnic background or whatever, why don't you just do a quick Google search and read up on it so you have an idea. Find out what's offensive and what's not. I went out with a Jewish lady one time. She lived over there off of La Brea and Olympic. And it was hilarious. I think it was Olympic. No, Beverly. Sorry, it was Olympic and Beverly. And we went to this fish restaurant on, on uh, Beverly. Very good food. It was Jewish-oriented uh, establishment. Very nice. And she says, well, you know if you marry me and we have a child, the child's going to be Jewish because after all, I'm the mother. Okay, that's understandable. And she says, well, I'm not used to dating a Gentile. <laughs> I was like, damn. Damn. And the first thing that flashed in my head was the N-word. But then again, I, I said, oh, let me get that out. No, she called me a Gentile. It sounds so berating. It sounds like I was something that wasn't supposed to be in America. But she was joking. And we dated for a short period of time. She had the personality of Judge Judy. I kid you not. She was funny as hell, but she had the personality of Judge Judy. Very direct. But here was the thing. Her family in Israel wanted her to marry a Jewish man. And I respected that. And she cried because she wanted to be with me, but she didn't want to upset the apple cart or disappoint her family. Didn't have a problem with it. We had a good relationship while she was in LA. And we had a lot of fun too. It was the first time she ever went to Disneyland. And we stayed away from and they had to do with pork. They had to be sensitive. But we had a good time together, though. Still friends to this day. In fact, I think she has a son here in Vegas. I gotta call her and 
ask her about it. See how things are going. But um, yeah, you know, it's it's a situation where you have to be culturally sensitive. You have to be racially sensitive. Now, you could be yourself, but don't complain if you don't wind up with people wanting to be around you, wanting to date you. It's not that something's wrong with the world, it's something wrong with your ass. The world is just fine. But, you know, we like to shift blame because it makes us feel better. Now, another thing that comes up. Ladies, don't ask a man how much money he makes on a date. That's the quickest way to blow it because the way the guy thinks is, oh, she's asking for money, I'm going for pussy. That's the way it goes. It delineates that fast. You want what's in my back pocket, I want what's between your legs. That's how it goes with that. That includes credit scores, ladies. Credit scores don't mean shit. A guy can have a 700 credit score and still not qualify for a house, car, or anything else. So don't use any misguided shit like that, please. The one thing that a lot of women don't realize is that when a woman is trying to size a man up financially, asking him all kind of financial questions, we look at you as begging. We look at you as somebody that needs somebody to come in and pay their bills and help them. As I told you before, Please get with somebody that can pay their own bills. She shouldn't be coming to you asking you to pay for her hair, pay for her nails, and then you could take her out. Take her shopping, and then you could take her out. This is not Thailand where the girls are wearing the little numbers on their little lapels, and you're saying, oh, I'd like to have number one and number five. No, it's not that kind of bid more. She can't afford to maintain herself. Mm -mm. Now I know some of you guys are going to do it because you want that power move. You want somebody depending on you. You feel manly man. Feel like a man doing it. That may seem good on the surface, but let me tell you what happens with women like that. After a while they feel boxed in. feel as though they're a commodity and the first guy that shows them some sort of kindness sensitivity and listens to them he's going to be able to fuck her with no problem and you can be asked out I know this because the majority of married women that used to approach me in the bars very easy pickings if I wanted. And I'd just be sitting there drinking my beer, watching a game, watching the Lakers win or lose. And she'll be 
Tells me about her sorrows and how her husband hadn't taken her out on a date in so many years. How they haven't had sex in so many years and she can't wait to have sex again and all this. And these wouldn't be these down and out ass women. These would be women with good jobs. These would be women that have really invested in themselves. But for whatever reason, they made wrong choice in a man. Now, as you guys become more familiar with each other, you start creating inside jokes with each other. You start commenting on things, different in your windows, that kind of thing and you'll become with your own language literally you'll make up words for yourself as a couple when I dated Lady D years ago there was this lady that liked me and uh, she was younger but the girl was built and Every time I would go into Walmart, she worked in Walmart, she'd go, hi, and then she'd, what are you buying today? Maybe I can help you with, and I'm like, and then of course, my girl would say, no, we, we, we can find everything, and one day she just looked at me and she said, that old Shangalang, I said, Shangalang, what the fuck is a Shangalang, her? And I said, well, where did you come up with that name? She said, I don't know. It just came off the top of my head. And so, that was our code word every time we saw her in the store. Here comes Shangalang. <laughs> I've always been around friends that could come up with names for people. Chris, my friend Chris. Asked the lady her name one night. And we were at this hole in the wall club. And... I'm not telling you my name. He said, now, you don't want me to give your name. He said, now, I'm trying to be okay with you, so could you tell me what your name is? My name is Chris. What is your name? Guess it. And so he's going around, he's guessing like 10, 15 different names. No, not even close. You're not even close. He said, I'm going to call you Bigum Smacks. She said, Bigum Smacks? He said, yeah, you're Bigum Smacks. Then her sister came over. He said, your name is Big Titties. <laughs> so, in, so politically incorrect. But they both finally told us their names. I can't believe you called me Bigum Smacks. That was him. But then again, we all do that in some capacity. Donkey Wiggle. I'll never forget that one. But <laughs> there's this lady we call Donkey Wiggle. And she would always show up at the club. But the problem was she would always wear these tight dresses 
right, especially those tight pantsuits. But the problem was, she wouldn't wear anything, so when she walked, the cellulite would just wobble underneath her clothes. And I mean wobble, I mean it was a ripple effect. Her clothes would move when she would walk because of the cellulite. And she wore some jeans one night, and this is no joke. When she walked, they looked like they were just flags just waving. Her thighs would. But, I'll give her credit. She was attracting men. That's all that she cared about. Can't judge. You never know what they're doing. Each his own, right? Now, another factor that comes into play. Ending the date. Fellas, I always recommend extending your hand to her. Let her be the one to hold her arms up to give you a hug. That's when you know she's very comfortable with you. And a lot of times, what women would like to do in order to let you know they're really interested, they're going to press themselves against you. Oh, you're going to feel them nipples on your chest. You might feel a gut over your dick. It happens. It happens. And she might give you a little peck on the lips. Because, see, the thing with a woman when she's comfortable, she does more things. She feels as though, you know what? I can give myself to him. He's worked hard enough to get to me. I can meet him halfway. And meeting her halfway is respecting her. Allowing her to feel comfortable. Not a putting that pressure on her. Because see, let me tell you what happens with women. You become like a vacation away from life for that period of time she's with you. You're that place she can go and be herself and relax. That's what a lot of women would like to be. The majority of women that don't want to be with men, they've had a bad experience, they've had to go, and it was too complicated in order for them to deal with them. Fellas, you know damn well you've run into some complicated situations with women. And when it's too, as my friends say, complexicated, it becomes a less desirable endeavor. I might as well be by myself. I go through all this shit. That's the way people look at it. They're trying to lessen the burden and have a more favorable outcome. Now, if on the first date she doesn't hug you but she shakes your hand and she's arranged and she says, so, you know, that you guys will probably have a second date, leave it at that with the handshake. 
because what she's doing is she's going to really take some time and calibrate and think about okay next step give it that time you don't have to go in with a jugular but I'm telling you if you go in there trying to grope trying to smother her trying to order for her trying to over talk her all of this stuff it's never going to work with her because she may shut down on you when she shuts down she's just trying to survive the day you don't want that to happen let her know it's her night hey tell me about yourself tell me about your background and your family let her do a lot of the talking the reason being you're going to learn a hell of a lot from her women love to talk over us let her talk and listen because there's a lot of things she could tell you about herself and many times she'll unintentionally tell you some things that she wasn't expecting to reveal but she's that confident I know this works because I have done it I was sitting at the bar one night with a lady didn't know her from a can of paint she walked in later and we got to talking and everything. She was very nice, professional lady. She was going through a divorce. Had a big ass ring on her finger. I mean, that damn thing. I don't even say she could lift her hand with that damn big ass rock on her hand. And I said, your husband must really love you. She said, I wish he did. She said, don't let the ring fool you. We were talking that night and I'll never forget. She says, well, I'm going to go to the ladies' room. And she asked me to watch her drink. I said, okay. And I told her, I said, next time you might want to drink up because just in case I have to leave or something like that. You know, she said, yeah, you're right, you're right. She comes back from the ladies' room. Thank me for, you know, watching her drink. This lady told me, she said, yeah, you know, I still got to get used to this damn thong that I'm wearing. I'm like, okay. And then she caught herself. And she said, I'm so comfortable talking to you that I'm up here revealing stuff to you that you don't even need, need to know. I'm saying, no, it's good that you're wearing a thong. <laughs> and she started laughing. And she said, well, now you know that much about me. Said, at least I wore underwear tonight. I'm like, hmm, interesting. Now what was funny, I saw this lady several times in the bar afterward. And what she did, she worked across the street from the bar. And she would go to the bar before she would go home. And she would tell me that she had to be a little tipsy when she got into the house because she had to deal with the husband. Very codependent, scared of losing his job. If they even thought about him coming into work, he'd come in regardless whether they needed him or not. And she said it was like she was living on pins and needles with him. She made more money than he did, and what he was trying to do was to make up the difference. 
she was tired of it. You never know, folks. You never know the comfort level of people. You don't walk around with a sign saying, Oh, I'm comfortable at this point. What may be threatening to you is normal to someone else. Another thing too, fellas, don't get offended if the woman takes her shoes off. Especially if she takes her shoes off and starts rubbing them over your feet. That right there is an indication she likes you. See, women are subtle and they'll do different things in order to let you know that they're interested. They will use their eyes a lot. Sometimes they won't even say anything, just use their eyes. Facial expression. It varies. So this should help you in some kind of way, kind of navigate the waters a bit. But the main thing I want you to take away from this is to, you don't have to be a simp. observe when she's comfortable with you she will reveal more to you than you would ever believe the other thing too is this your decorum comport yourself to the environment you don't need to pick on someone to make yourself stand out and be good you don't have to pick on the gay guy you don't have to pick on the transgender person treat them with respect now Here's the thing, and let me just put this out there so you'll know. When it comes to transgender women, the more passable you look, the easier it's going to be for you to be called ma'am and miss. Because most guys they wouldn't know the difference. If you got a beard and you're wearing a weave, a cocktail dress with crew socks and Nike sneakers with knee braces on and shit, it may be a little bit more difficult for a man to say, ma'am. I personally don't agree with the pronoun thing. The reason why I don't it has nothing to do with a person's gender or persuasion. It could apply to anybody with pronouns. As I told you before, I could walk into a bank and tell the teller, I'm a billionaire and you got to give me my money. You're not a billionaire. How dare you disrespect me by not calling me a billionaire? You don't even have an account with us. How dare you say I'm not a billionaire? I want to speak to your boss. I'm going to get you fired because you have misrepresented me. You've defamed me. That's the problem with that argument. If you look the part, you'll be treated accordingly. People won't tell you this. But I'm just telling you this. I have friends that are transgender. 
and they tell me this all the time. And they've been changed over long before a lot of people are trying to go through transitions now. And another thing too, because I'm on the subject. And I witnessed this one time, I'll never forget it. There was this gay couple that was pulling into the parking lot at this club we were at. And it was a regular hip hop club. And they were a white couple. And there was a guy that was parking and he was getting into the space next to them. And so the, the guy that was in the car, he had parked too close to the line. That was the problem. He didn't line his car up where he had enough clearance to open the door. And so he hit the guy's car. And so the guy was like, hey man, you know, let me dent in my car. And the first thing this person said, oh, you're upset because we're a gay white couple. He's like, I ain't say nothing about your gender. I ain't say nothing about your race. I said, you hit my car. Well, this person's partner dialed 911. Cops came. This couple went from being two gay white men to being white men of privilege. went from minority to majority in zero seconds flat. He's picking on me because me and my partner are gay. And the guy is looking around, he's like, did I say anything? Everybody was like, no, you didn't say shit. But they tried to make a deal out of it when it wasn't. have some people that play that card too. They're a minority when it's convenient and with the majority when it's when they feel as though they're in any kind of trouble. Choose a side. Good folks, I want you to take care. We'll talk to you on tomorrow. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 available 24 hours.
All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.